What's up, everybody? Uh, this is Pastor Will. And this is Caleb. Yep. Uh, so we are starting a, a, podca- a, a podcast called Chopping It Up. And the purpose is not to add to the clutter of podcasts, but the purpose is to get to the nitty gritty of discipleship. And so what I found is that a lot of times we know what we ought to do, but we don't necessarily know how to do it. And when we look at what Jesus said in the Great Commission, he says, I want you to go baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So not simply say, yo, do this, but let me show you how. When you think about discipleship, what comes to your mind? I think uh, when you talk about discipleship, a lot of the times it's like this nebulous, like, what exactly is discipleship? Like, maybe I should be doing it. Um, I know people talk about it a lot, but I, I know for me, for the longest time, I was like, okay, discipleship, what is that? And how do I do it? And am I doing it right now? Um, and so, yeah, it was like this, this idea over there that I didn't really, there was no boots on the ground, like, this is how you do discipleship. And I even thought, like, it was a little bit weird, just the phrasing of discipleship, like, ooh, I'm going to be a disciple. I was like, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, no, nah, that's, that's real talk. And um, so, you know, our mission statement is to preach the gospel, produce disciples, and pursue justice. So we're really going to hammer down on that produce disciples piece. And so we, uh, we created this, this document uh, called our discipleship formation document. And what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to be able to take someone from, I don't know who Jesus is, to I'm now walking with Jesus and helping others to walk with Jesus. And uh, one of the reasons I like the term formation, you know, some traditions use that, is because a lot of times we think about discipleship as a linear thing, that like I'm level seven and one day I'll be level 10. And it's, it's um, I just think it's an inaccurate view. At the end of the day, the Lord saved us and he's conforming us to the image of Christ. He's changing our character and it's a process that doesn't end. Um, and it's a process that, if you're honest, is not always linear, right? You take steps forward, take steps back. But the idea with formation is that there are particular actions or activities that the Lord uses to help you be more like Jesus, i.e., loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. So I think we're going to start with the first thing is uh, basically how to share the gospel. Um, what are some concept- conceptions or ideas that you've had about sharing the gospel before we um, start hitting the streets together? Um, so I think I had a view of sharing the gospel that was kind of romanticized. Like you would share the gospel with someone and they would either respond like good or respond bad. And if they responded good, then you're all good. You're set. They've became a Christian. They're going to get baptized. They're going to get married, have a, a regular life, be a Christian and all that. Um, and if they said no, then, then that was it. Um, and I think being on the ground, being in the street, sharing the gospel is, is definitely not as linear as you would think. 
it's even even when someone responds to the gospel, that doesn't always mean they're going to get baptized. Even if they get baptized, that doesn't always mean they're going to stay part of the church. Um, and yeah, it's just a lot of those romanticized elements of just like, nope, that's not what it's like. Yeah, now that's good because it's not, um, you know, if you think somebody makes a decision and it's like, are we good? We good. Um, but that just kind of goes back to the idea of formation that, you know, when the Lord begins a work in us, um, depending on life circumstances, depending on our own motivation, um, that work can be slow, fast, or, or you know, stopped. Uh, but we want to get into the nitty-gritty because you probably agree that you ought to share the gospel. But how? How do you do it? And so when I was first learning to share the gospel, um, we, we used a a term, or a, 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 it was called Romans Road, the Romans Road, and you probably heard this idea. It's like you go talk to somebody, and you're like, hey, you ever sinned? And then, like, if they say no, you're like, but did you lie, though? You know? Like, <laughs> and it's this weird conversation where you're like, but, but you did. <laughs> you really are bad, though. Yeah, and it's just like, it's a very um, confrontational first move. And not that the gospel isn't confrontational. It's just when you get off on that foot, I haven't seen personally uh, a lot of good from that. But what, what, here's what I do know, particularly working in, in our context, is that the thing that people struggle with is shame. So I remember this one time I was doing a prayer walk, and there's two, two ladies from our church, and we walked and knocked on the door. This is the first time we met this dude. And within like two minutes... He was like, yo, by the way, I'm a fornicator. And I, I don't know why he said that. <laughs> like, it was just like, it was like, I, cool. Yeah, so the point being, my man didn't feel a lot of guilt. But he would not step in the church. He didn't feel a lot of inward guilt, but I felt like he assumed that we wanted to shame him. And so how do we share the gospel when shame is the predominant thing going on? The other thing that I think accompanies shame is that you have a low view of yourself. Yeah, like identity. Yeah, the identity issues and feeling like, you know, if there is a God, he probably can't use me because of all the things that I've done or things that have happened to me. And so the way that we share the gospel, I think, really tries to address shame. And uh, we're going to talk about sin, um, but we're going we're gonna to talk about it in an observational way. Um, the last thing I'll say before we get to the nitty gritty is we're going to use the paradigm of uh, creation, fall, redemption, consummation. So there was a creation. God created the world good. Right. It's in Genesis one. There's a fall. Genesis three. Uh, mankind disobeyed. It affects everything. Jesus came. He died on the cross for our redemption, making us uh, uh, able to connect with God. And there's going to come a day when he restores all things. So that's kind of the paradigm. And so why don't you start us off with the, with the three circles? What, what do we do? Yeah, so with the three circles, um, just as an overview first, there's the first circle, which is God's design. In that, we'll explain exactly how God designed the world. Then the next circle will be brokenness, where we describe how the world looks today. 
And then the third circle down at the bottom would be the gospel. And that's how we kind of explain how we get from the brokenness we're in into God's design. So that's just a quick overview. Um, but first, you want to start off with, a, with the first circle with God's design. And you want to ask the question, so God is a, cre- a perfect creator. He created the world to be perfect. So if he created this perfect world, what kind of things do you think would be in this world? And you give them an example like, do you think the world would be loving? Do you think um, people would be generous? Something like that. And then from there, the person you're sharing the gospel with will most likely start coming up with things like there would be peace, there wouldn't be police brutality, there would be justice, um, there wouldn't be murder, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it kind of goes to show that in in our hearts, we have a conception of what the good is. Mm -hmm. Nobody, like, what would a good world, nobody's like, I have no idea. <laughs> they have a lot of ideas of what would be good. And then after, uh, and it doesn't matter, like, from what socioeconomic class, what culture, we've done this with all types of people. Um, everybody, it's funny, everybody agrees a lot on yeah. what is good, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, there would be love and mercy. And it shows, like, um, what Paul's talking about, that the law is written on our hearts. Yes. Like we instinctively know the law that God has written in his design. Yeah, yeah. And so then once we go there, we say, does the world look like that? And we hear, no. <laughs> Heck no. Nah. You know, like they're like, no, nah, it is not like that, right? And uh, 2020 was uh, the example of the world <laughs> not being like that. And, and so at that point, we say, well, God designed it to be perfect. Uh, but right now, it's broken. It's not the way it should be. And then we say, how is the world really? Describe it as it is. And what kind of stuff do people say? So people talk about, um, like, people lie to each other. Uh, they steal from each other. Um, there's murder. There's hatred. There's divorce. There's, um, like, natural disasters. There's a, there's a wide range of things that people will say based on um, how they grew up and, and things like that. Yeah, so people can obviously look at the world and see something, something's off, something's not mm-hmm. right. And the reason we start with that is because, uh, one, it's not evasive. It's not like, what did you do? It's like, yeah. look around. And everybody, even if, even if somebody disagrees with the solution, uh-huh. everybody's like, there is a problem, though. And so it's, very, uh, it's a very just clear, easy way to get in there. And then, then when, we, when there's a common consensus of, man, all this stuff is really bad, we, we then talk about what Jesus said uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. So we can take one and say murder, right? Some, usually murder will be mm-hmm. one of the things they'll say. And we'll say, you know, Jesus said, you have heard it uh, written that you shall not murder. But I say to you, anyone who hates his brother in his heart has committed murder in his heart. And so basically what we're indicating is that the culprit of the brokenness is us. Not, and it's not just the person I'm talking to, it's me. Yeah. We, we collectively have broken the law. So if we, hate, if we hate murder, but we also hate our brother and sister, then we have committed and contributed to the brokenness of this world. So it's, it's us. Everybody has to raise their hand and say, yo, it's me too. You know, or some, say, they say stealing. And they're like, man, have you ever just really wanted something somebody else had? Well, yeah, most likely, right? But we, we're in a common agreement that we all have contributed to the mess that we live in. 
and the the cool way that this works is that the fact that the world is broken is self-evident. Like everyone agrees on that fact. And that's that's why all these religions exist is that people are they see a problem in the world, they see that there's evil and they're like why is it like this and how does it get fixed? And so the the cool thing about it is that First, we point to the evil in the world, and we say, yeah, the world is broken, the world is evil, and you feel the effects of that. You, you suffer because of that. Um, and then it is really easy to turn it around and for the person to realize, wow, I'm the reason, and you're the reason. Like, we all collectively are the reason that the world is in the state that it's in. And then, at that point, a person starts to think, I don't want to do that. And yeah, because so the they hope? see the consequences. Yeah, they, they, the consequences exactly. are clear. And, you know, in the circle, so if you from the first circle, which is God's design, moving over to brokenness, and we draw an arrow, how did we get from there to there? Yeah. And the answer is sin, sin, our collective sin. Um, all of us both sin and have been sinned against and usually respond with sin. Yeah. Um, so at that point... We're all in agreement that this sucks, <laughs> you know. And so, but then with that, the, the the bad news is established. So we want to go to the good news, right? And so the third um, circle uh, is we usually put a cross in there. We call it the gospel, and then we talk about Jesus, him being the Son of God, him living in our world, living in the same broken world that we do, him understanding suffering and understanding being sinned against. But the major difference between us and Jesus, though he lived in the same broken world, he did not contribute to it. Yeah. So um, we get sinned against, we sin back, and it's just a, a, a vicious cycle of, of, uh, of sin and sin. And, and Jesus lived in this broken world and said, you know what, I, I'm not, I'm going to obey God. I'm not going to respond sinfully to the brokenness committed against me. And I think that point is important because a lot of the times when people have this view of Jesus, um, it's kind of like a, a nebulous, like over there, like kind of transcendent Jesus, um, or not transcendent, transcendent, it means like you're with, right? Oh, okay. Then yeah, transcendent Jesus. Um, but that really goes to show that Jesus lived on the earth with us. Yeah. He experienced the same brokenness that we experienced. He experienced suffering and, and people mistreating him. Um, and then if you look in your own heart, it's like, wow, when someone mistreats me, this is my natural go-to that I would return the favor back to them. But Jesus didn't do that. Although he experienced the brokenness, he did not contribute back to the brokenness. Right, right. And that's, that's amazing. And then obviously it's one of the main symbols of our faith is a cross. And so we'll, we'll then ask, yo, when people do bad stuff, what happens to them? Well, they get punished. Uh, when people do good stuff, what's supposed to happen to them? Good stuff. And so if we agree that Jesus did the good stuff, why then is he on the cross? That's, that's the crux of the gospel. And at that point, we then go, go on to explain, though he did not contribute to the brokenness of the world. He was a recipient of the punishment for breaking God's law and hurting other people. He died on the cross, not because of he, that he did anything, but because we messed it up. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to take the consequences of our sin. It just illustrates 
this love that he has. And we know that it didn't stop there. He rose from the dead. And a lot of times I'll say he rose from the dead. One of the reasons is so nobody would get it twisted. He was innocent. Yeah. He didn't die because he was wrong. And the reason, one of the reasons the father raised him from the dead is go, hey, I vindicate him. He was right. And I accept his, his death on your behalf. And so the question is, when you see brokenness and then you see the gospel, it's like, well, how do I go from living in brokenness, shame and guilt and experiencing uh, the forgiveness uh, and, and love of Jesus? And we use two words, uh, the kind of churchy words, but they're good words, is, is faith and repentance. So, so break them, them down to me. Yeah, so faith is believing the things that we're explaining on this board, believing that God created the world to be perfect, that, that God had a design for the world, that we broke that design through our sin, that we um, have both contributed to the brokenness and we both experienced the brokenness also, um, but that Jesus came on the earth, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead um, to forgive us of our sins, to pay the penalty that we deserved um, Romans 6, it says that the wages of sin is death, but Jesus paid those wages um, on the cross. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and then we explain repent, <clears throat> which repent, I usually say, it means make a 180. Mm-hmm. You know, I was living in such a way that I wanted to honor me. I was just looking out for number one. Uh, but repentance says, no, nah, I'm going to live in a way that says Jesus is king. I'm going to agree with him that my sin is bad, and I'm going to agree with him that I want to, to do what is right. I want to love him and love my neighbor well. So it's basically saying anything that I had on the throne of my heart, whether it was me, uh, the affection of somebody else, uh, another ideal, whatever it is, I'm going to say, no, nah, Jesus, Jesus has to occupy that. And my favorite part of the three circles is that it doesn't end right there. I feel like a lot of um, gospel sharing techniques kind of just in there, like you're saved from your sin. Congratulations. Yeah, that's it. Um, But the three circles actually goes a little bit further and says we actually have a way to get back to God's design. And so uh, initially God had created the world with a design. We broke that. But that's not the end of the story. We can actually be brought back into God's design. And so um, it talks about how we have Um, we're being restored and we're recovering God's design. God's Holy Spirit is working in us um, so that we would reflect his image accurately like it was in the beginning. Um, And yeah, that's, I like that part. No, it's it's dope because what we're then saying is, yeah, we all are acknowledging that it's broken. We all are acknowledging that Jesus died and rose again for the brokenness. But then we're saying no, and Jesus wants to work through you to make it better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we acknowledge that it won't be fully better until he comes again. But we're saying right now in this day that when the spirit comes and lives inside of me, like when I receive forgiveness and I've been reconciled, made right with God, that he begins to work in my heart and I begin to recover, you know, God's design, that love, that joy, that peace, and then restore what's broken. Right. So so I, I can then act like Jesus. So when I'm sinning against not responding hatefully. Right. And then all of the things that are broken in our society, you can talk about the individual or the family or the city or whatever, wherever we are at, we can begin to contribute to the the good that God had initially 
uh, design, being made to look like him. And so, you know, at that point, uh, when it's all out there and we either do it on a board, I've done it on a, wrote it on a napkin, you know, it doesn't really matter which write it on, but it's just helpful to have a visual. At that point, we just say, where are you? Point, point to where you at here. Where on this journey are you? And this is good because this is the, the point where a person really has to evaluate and, and give a response and be like, if I'm honest with myself, this is where I'm at. Um, and yeah, so, so they have to respond. Yeah, but it's also, I'm not like, you suck. You know? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like, you know, trying to murk them. Um, but, but so most of the time, you know, depending on who you talk to, right? Most of the time, people might say they're in brokenness or some, a lot of the times we, we hear like, I'm in between brokenness uh-huh. and the gospel. So it's like, they're like, I kind of understand and I kind of don't. I want Jesus to come in my life, but I, I kind of don't. And so then we go, we go and review, you know, repentance and faith. And then a lot of times it, it, it is, they're really stuck in, well, I got to make myself right before mm-hmm. I can receive that forgiveness. And we go, no, 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 that's not faith. Faith is, no, nah, Jesus died for my sin. I don't do nothing to contribute to what he has done. And because he died for my sin, I can live in the assurance of uh, forgiveness, right? And so, and then if somebody's like, yo, I, I accept the gospel, um, and then, but then they also have a what's next, mm-hmm. right? So we can walk, go to, okay, well, how do you recover and restore what God designed? And that's the, form, the rest of the formation document. Mm-hmm. How does God work on me to change me so that I then become a change agent in the world? Yeah, and I think um, the last part of, of the three circles, the recovering and the restoring, really speaks to that shame and that identity piece of the who am I? Do I have any worth? Do I have any value? And the answer is yes. God wants to yes. use you for his glory. He wants to use you for his kingdom. He wants to use you for good in the world. And so, so repent, so believe, and he will recover and he will restore you um, back to the good design ultimately in the end that yeah. he created you for. And a lot of times, if I'm talking to somebody that, sometimes you can see shame on somebody's mm-hmm. face. And if I see that, I'll actually start there. You know, you don't have to do if you first did it, but I'm like, hey, do you know God wants to use you? Yeah. Do you know God wants to use you to bless your neighborhood? Do you know that? Nah, nah. Then, okay, let's, what happened? What, why is it broken? What has Jesus done? No, I, I promise you that God wants to use you. Yeah. Um, if you would repent and be and be restored um, by him. So I'm gonna do a quick, quick overview. <clears throat> the first circle, God's design. God designed the world. He's perfect and good. What would, what would a perfect, good world look like? Talk about that. Then go, but it doesn't look like that. What does it really look like? What are some of the, the things that are wrong? Right. That's the brokenness. And then we explain that the brokenness is there because of our collective sin. We all have uh, not loved God and not loved our neighbor well, which contributed to the brokenness. And we are all culpable. The one who's telling, the one who's hearing. And then we talk about Jesus entering into this same broken world that we live in, yet never contributing to it. He never sinned, yet he ended up on the cross. The reason he's on the cross is because he's taken the consequences of our sin, which messed the world up. But we understand he's not guilty. and We understand he didn't lay in the ground. God raised him from the dead so that if we believe in him, we would receive forgiveness and be connected to God. That as we receive that, the spirit comes to live inside us 
and we begin to recover and restore God's good design in our own life, in our families, in our community as we are changed by him. And then we have the ultimate hope that he's going to fix everything. And, um, and boom, there's the whole Bible in a minute. Boom. Gospel. So when, when, I, when, I, when you hear your pastor saying, I want you to share the gospel, and you say, but how? Like that. Now you have the tools. You got the tools. And hey, man, uh, you want to talk to me or Caleb about that? You know, please reach out to us. We want to work with people. Um, it's, it's always, here's a crazy thing about sharing the gospel. It always blesses me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, that is what happened. <laughs> you know? Jesus really does love yeah. me. I was messed up, and now I'm out here trying to share the gospel. You know, yeah. like, he's recovering. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, just, it's, a, it's a means of grace to me to share the goodness of the gospel because I then remember, man, he has been good to me. Um, so we're looking forward to continuing this in a further podcast where we're going to walk through uh, what's it look like for us to nuts and bolts follow Jesus and to be formed into people that love him and love our neighbor well. We hope you join us.